Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. While Jack and I are not quite back together in the same room, we are at least, Jack, in the same city, finally, as I am back in Philadelphia. So, th- so that's something. Welcome back, buddy. How was Florida? It was It was something, man. <laughs> no, it was good. I-, I will tell you, traveling with a baby is incredibly tiring on many levels, but uh, Zoe was awesome, man. She's a, she's a pretty awesome kid, man. She how did was, great. How was your first Father's Day? Did you get all emotional? Did you start tearing up? Or did you start, I, did you start I, crying? Did you start crying after the Velasquez thing? Like, was that <laughs> was that the breaking point? Well, here's the funny thing, and and I, you know, I'll never lie to the IOPS listeners. I didn't get to watch as much Phillies baseball this weekend as I would have liked to. I was in Florida for my grandmother's memorial service. She was 101, so she lived an awesome life. Not sad. We were celebrating. But, um, and obviously we traveled down with Zoe. So that was, you know, a lot, her first flight and all that stuff, but she did great. But, um, I didn't get to watch all the games. The one game that I was like, uh, there, we're doing nothing today. There's no memorial service. My cousin got married on Friday night. There's no wedding. All I have to do today is be a father. It's my day. And I get to watch the Phillies. I figured it out. I set up the whole thing with the MLB package down there so that I could watch the Phillies Jack. And wouldn't you know it, the one game I get to watch was the 15 to 1 game. So, so it ruined Father's Day a little bit for me, buddy. Oh, I'm so sorry. While you were watching that game, it was the first Philly. So I was on the golf course with my dad for Father's Day, obviously. And well done. Yeah. And, and it was, I haven't played since my wedding day. I was expecting not to be as back as I was. But then I get out there, and it's like, oh, it's like I haven't missed a beat. So I, I was, I was planning on rewatching when I got home. Then I saw the final score, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know what? Not today, devil. Uh, I am not gonna sit there and put myself through this because I uh, had to sit through Friday, and Friday was. Friday was the first Phillies loss in a while that took me a while to get over. Like I woke, wow. I went to bed very upset. Like so. I do this thing when the Philly season or any of my sports teams season's over where I get super depressed and I play I'll just sit here and drink by Merrill Haggard and <laughs> and I just get I just get bombed by myself and just listen to that song like over and over and over again. It was approaching I'll just sit here and drink after Friday. I was so despondent. Uh, the corpse of Brian McCann uh, coming alive and torching us in that moment for what was that the 500th time Brian McCann has done that to it? Like that team is full of Phillies killers. I can't believe it happened again. Friday was should have been the the win of the season, and just the, I, we'll we'll get into it. But it was it was dreadful. Yeah. Well, so for for me on Friday, I was at again my cousin's wedding and. 
I went back and watched the highlights all this stuff later, but I'm watching it on my phone as it's happening. We were able to watch the first two innings on the way over. I'm feeling good. Pavetta looks settled in. He gave up that early homer, but otherwise he looked settled in early on and I'm following on my phone and I'm following on my phone and then all of a sudden, you know, it looks like Pavetta's cruising through five. We're, we're growing and then all of a sudden, you know, some runs start getting scored and, and I'm feeling good. It's like eight, five. I'm like, oh, it's eight, six. And I literally pull my phone out. It's eight, six runners on second and third in the bottom of the ninth. When the wedding begins, Jack, when the wedding begins and, uh, and the wedding ended and I got to find out that, uh, it was awful. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. It wait, was an awful wait. evening. Why was why was the pots. why was the wedding starting at nine thirty or ten o'clock at night? Because it was done in a it was like a backyard wedding. Like so they decided to get married because there was a bunch of family coming down. They weren't long story short, they weren't really planning on having a wedding and they were like, screw it, we're gonna get married because like the whole family is here for this memorial service, so we'll do it. So it was like a very, very informal backyard type of thing. I mean it's a little rude to do that on Pavetta Day, but uh, I thought so too, Jack. <laughs> I thought so too. I mean, I got married uh, on Pavetta Day, so hey, you did. That's yeah. a good point. But but that was last season's. So that didn't count as much. Well, I don't know, James. It sure felt like last season. Uh, this, oh, it did, buddy. This, this weekend. All right, well, let's dive into all of it because you'll have to kind of walk me through this. As I was lucky enough to see the fifteen to one debacle, or at least as much of it as I could handle. But let, let's start out. Phillies now thirty nine thirty two. They are two and a half back from the Braves. At least they they do win that game on. Saturday, which again, it was kind of the opposite effect for me where, where I was following it, they're winning, they're winning, and then all of a sudden they're losing it in the ninth, and they actually pull that one out, but then to, to get drubbed the way they did yesterday really knocks the air out of you. Let's, let's start with Friday, Jack, with game one, as we like to say, 9-8 loss. It did look like Pavetta was cruising for a while, and then um, seemed like it kind of uh, uh, came apart a little bit. Still not an awful outing from Pavetta, but what did you see? No, I thought I thought Pavetta was really, really good. And there were some moments where an old version of Nick Pavetta melts down, like a couple of those home runs. I feel like he comes apart. There was an error. Like there was a, there was moments in that game where an old Nick Pavetta just usually melts down. And I just think that since he's come back, we've seen a, a different version, a different level of confidence, a different uh, moxie about Nick Pavetta. And it wasn't as I love good Moxie. Oh, big Moxie guy. But it wasn't yeah, it, it wasn't as dominant as the Red Start and and a Dodger start before it, but that was just a like that was just a good, solid Nick Pavetta start. And I, I feel like that start listen, it was a big moment against that Braves team in in it down in Atlanta where you're down one game in the division. That that was a big kind of mental start for Nick Pavetta. And and I thought he handled it really, really well. Uh, I thought the, the fastball was electric. The the, the off-speed stuff kind of went off as the game uh, wore on. He did flash a little 90-mile-per-hour changeup, but the difference is is the pace. I mean, the pace is phenomenal. He's getting the ball, and he's going. And, and that's really, really important for him. Uh, he's... He is having he's having quick innings for the first time in a while. Now the the one problem is still lefties. I mean Max Fried worked like a thirteen pitch at bat him and bat against him in the second inning. Um, it was crazy. I mean Max Fried's a, a pitcher. He's a lefty hitting pitcher, and and Pavetta still struggled against that kind of guy. But overall, really really solid stuff. And then the seventh inning happened. Gets gets a quick. I had to, I rewatched it today because I was just I had to make sure this actually happened. Um, it was it was in the seventh inning. He gets the first two outs very quickly. He goes ahead. This is this is a common theme right now. He goes ahead 0-2 against Ronald Acuna Jr. And then he just starts nibbling. 
He starts nibbling, and eventually Okuna put a ball, put a curveball that was up into the corner, into the left field corner, and got on second with a double. No big deal. It's still 7-3 at that point. And then the the Dansby Swanson at bat happens. And, you know, Gabe comes out, leaves Pavetta in. It's a little bit of a vote of confidence for where they think Pavetta is and also where this bullpen is. I mean, this bullpen's not exactly uh, firing on all cylinders or healthy, huh. or healthy, if just to say. So he goes out and he tells Pavetta, like, listen, this is your batter. You got this. Gets ahead 1-2 on Dansby Swanson and threw six straight curveballs to, to walk him. Like, it was it was absolutely crazy. Like, you have Dansby Swanson, who, again, if you hit the if he hits a home run there, right, hits a home run, it's still a 7-5 ball game. You have two outs in the seventh inning, Dansby Swanson with Freddie Freeman on deck, and they decided to pitch around Dansby Swanson to, like, not pitch around him, but, like, nibble when, with Freddie Freeman on deck. Like, at, at that point, you can go to uh, Alvarez, you can go to Velasquez, whatever. But like, if you even if you allow a home run, the one thing you can't do in that situation is walk the guy. They get a three-two, and they throw another curveball way out of the zone that's not even competitive. Like it was just such bad pitch calling, pitch sequencing, everything. It was it was so many curveballs, and he was still pumping ninety-six at that point. Like he just was throwing ninety-six at the beginning of that inning. So I was just I was sitting there in the moment, like, are you freaking kidding me? Throw your well, fastball. Real quick, real quick. You rewatched it. Was was Pavetta calling him off, or, or was that no, it was JT. what he was getting no. told to throw? No, it was JT. It was JT or Chris Young, one of those two guys. Because mm. Pavetta, Pavetta, since he's come back, he's just taking the ball and going. And I just thought it was such bad sequencing, all of that. It was just a, a terrible, terrible idea to, to do that to Danzy Swanson. Again, a home run hurts. But it doesn't kill you. And then you can kind of start fresh with Freddie Freeman on deck. And then, of course, because the bullpen is, is so depleted, you have to bring in Vince Velasquez to face Freddie Freeman because, you, you, first off, you don't want to burn Jose Alvarez there just to get one out. So you try to get Velasquez in there to get through that inning because if you even if you... Even if you let Freeman get a hit, which he does, you still have Donaldson on deck, and you don't want to have Jose Alvarez face Josh Donaldson. Like, that's a disaster waiting to happen. So you have to use Velasquez there. If if Adam Morgan's healthy, you can use Adam Morgan there, or or, or you can use Jose Alvarez there and save Adam Morgan. Like that's the that's the the trickle down effect of where this bullpen is right now. Is that Gabe has to put in guys in situations where they're not supposed to be in there. Enterprise Ramos took down the eighth inning and he hadn't pitched in a major league game since he got sent to, or since he got injured. Like he just came back from AAA and was thrown right into the eighth inning of a, of a big game against the Braves. Of like, the biggest game of the season to that point, you could say. That's where we're at with this bullpen. Like, that's where yeah, we're at with this bullpen. That is not great, Jack. I that know. is not great at all. But it is nice to hear, at least from what I saw, it did look like Pavetta looked really, really good. And to your point about the mental toughness, I mean, that's always been our issue with Pavetta. That's it. That's the only issue we got with the guy. Obviously, we want to see him perfect the third pitch, work on him, more, all that type of stuff. But, I mean – if he gets the between the ear stuff going and rolling and trust his stuff and trust himself and all that stuff, I mean, that's massive for him moving forward. And I think that, you know, look, in two of his starts since he's come back, the Dodgers start and that Braves start, I mean, those are, are two of the five biggest games of the season for this team so far in the moment at the time. So I think that's really, really great to 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 hear and to think about with Pavetta moving forward offense also got going a little bit in this game which was nice to see some home runs flying out of the ballpark scott kingery the greatest philadelphia philly of all time used to be jay bruce now it's scott kingery is that a fair thing to say jack i think it's almost underrating how good scott kingery is (laughs) Um, no i mean just again another another he just keeps he keeps just keeps hitting like he just keeps hitting it's 
awesome. Like, thank God. Because last year, I mean, it, the way you watched Jack Kingery, it was like, oh, my God, this guy can't, can't catch up to anything. And now he's just seeing pitches, diagnosing it quick, and jumping on them. Like, he is he's absolutely crushing the baseball. He's absolutely So he's rocked. not ruined. Is that what you're saying? He's not, not ruined. trying to get to the heart of this. He's not ruined. The Phillies did not ruin Scott Kingery, and he will always suck. Is that what you're saying? Right. They Even though they played him all over the field, that Gabe Kapler playing him all over the field and having him hit wherever. Uh, no, Scott Kingery is definitely not ruined, and he is flourishing, and I think he's, he's their best offensive player right now. What uh, is going on, Jack? I mean, he is. He's, what is going on? He's an OPS of, like, 950 right now. Is he has he already earned that contract with just his first half of play this season? I mean, they're paying him what, like six million this year? Like it's 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 an absolute it's, and and he is now officially at a zero in career war because of last year was so brutal. Good for you, buddy. Only heading up from here, Scotty. Yeah, that I, actually is pretty impressive with how much war he's accumulated already this season. Then, well, yeah, he was. He's pretty bad last year. Dude, he was he was so brutal last year and just Kingery being this level of good is so important for the future of this Phillies team. Like it, it just it takes away so many so many fears about the future of this team. Like you can see him being a legit core member of this Phillies team and uh just another monster weekend. Gets Listen, they 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 won that game on Saturday. I know the Cesar hit was huge, but they won that game because he set the tone early in that in that ninth inning that hey, we're not dead yet. And I just I love that version of Scott Kingery, and he when he's a table setter, getting things going, uh, and they're they're moving up him up in the lineup. Unfortunately, it's because of the injuries or whatnot. But I'm glad that they're moving up him up in the lineup. I was worried that they're kind of wasting him down that six hole, um, but it, it's really really good to see. Thank God Scott Kingery is on this Phillies team. Well, yeah, thank God for the future, as you said, but also I mean like. This team has not been hitting, man. I mean, they need guys who are going to step up, and, and Kingery's been the guy. Without him, they are lost right now. So so obviously it's really bullish. You know, it should make you bullish about the future with Scott Kingery, but also, like, hoping to keep this team in it. Before we move on to Saturday fully, uh, for the first time this season, Jack... Hector couldn't get it done in his save situation in the ninth. He's no longer perfect. Obviously, in Los Angeles, tie game gave up the homer to Will Smith. But uh, and I know he came back on Saturday and kind of you know got back into it. But uh, R.I.P. the perfect save season for Hector Neris. Yes, he will not be our version of Brad Lidge, which is okay. Um, yes, yeah, Friday was was brutal for Hector. He just didn't have it. Uh, the splitter was not splitting like we had seen in the past. It just kind of stayed up in the zone a little bit too long, and guys were were getting on top of it. And like I was watching the I was watching the post game show for the first time really ever. I don't really watch the post game show, and like they're begging him to throw his fastball more. Like when are they going to understand that Hector Neris like his fastball is his secondary pitch? Like his 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 primary pitch is a splitter, and then he mixes in a fastball. Like y- you want to throw your best pitch as often as possible, and then keep him honest with the fastball. He should not be throwing his fastball more because fastball is not very good. It's it's a pretty flat fastball that mixed in with a bunch of splitters looks pretty good because it, it looks like 97, 98 versus the 94, 95, 96 that it is. But like the, the, the plead for him to throw more fastballs, I, I think he's just misguided. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that, and as we've talked about many times on this show, that uh, you know when that splitter is splitting, it's one of the best pitches in baseball this season. So certainly the best pitch on this Phillies team that we've seen consistently from someone who stayed healthy. So yeah, and, I and think- look, Hector, Hector's allowed to screw up. All yes. right, he's the one guy who's held this bullpen together all season long. He's allowed to have a bad outing here and there, right? I mean, 
we can give him a break. Yeah, well, and it was really impressive how on Saturday he goes back out there and yeah, and, and, it's a great point and shuts it down because I think hold I think old Hector does against go, the middle of the middle of the order too. Right, and I think old Hector kind of goes into the tank there a little bit. I mean, he he has come a long way mentally as well, a lot like Nick Pavetta. Because uh, I, I think last year, if if what happened on Friday night happened, and even what happened in Los Angeles happened, I think I think Hector goes into a little bit of a slump. Good to see him get back on the hill on Saturday night and and really. It was a easy breezy ninth inning for Hector Neris on Saturday, um, but Friday a couple other things I want to get to real quick is sure. Harper Turner. Real quick though, just the what? idea that the mental giants on this team are Nick Pavetta and Hector Neris is yeah. really. I feel like we're in some weird timeline that I was not expecting, Jack. Hey, we've seen some pretty impressive mental uh, fortitude from this team from some of the players that we haven't trusted in the past, like Adam Morgan's another guy where you'd see old old meltdowns from him. Now the big question is Vinny. Uh, I don't think we're going to get it from him. But I wouldn't, nope. wouldn't be surprised. Certainly didn't, certainly didn't look great on Sunday. We'll hey, get to that, though. All right, well, she got on Friday because that Harper homer was great. Hoskins went yard, which was nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hoskins hit an absolute missile, like a, just an absolute missile. Now, Harper, the really, really encouraging part about Harper. So the, the stat I laid out on last High Hopes, it's a, I was a little bit off on it. So it's, he's, he has pulled four fly balls in the air against fastballs 93 miles an hour or faster. So it wasn't four. That, f- that sounds more believable. The, the stat last time like was almost hard to believe. I don't know, man. He hasn't really pulled many, whatever. But sure. but the sure. fact, but only four was was a shock. Okay, but four fly balls against fastballs that are ninety three miles an hour or harder. Still not great, exactly. So, so the really impressive part about Friday was that it was ninety five down and in, and he just absolutely launched on it. So that's a positive sign. He hasn't turned around ninety five miles an hour plus much this season. Uh, so hopefully that little. Little thing kind of gets him going a little bit. He was fine in, in Atlanta. Um, had the meaningless single yesterday. Saturday didn't really do much, but the home run hopefully gets him going. And he did. He did smoke a ball. Um, he did smoke a couple balls that just happened to be right at people and caught. So that's just unfortunate. And on the Brian McCann walk off, which again, like there's there are some people saying, oh, they should pitch around Brian McCann in that situation. Listen. I don't think Brian McCann's caught up to a fastball in four years. So he stinks, man. He's, he's their a, backup catcher. He's like, having he's a, even their, yeah. He's having a good year. Like his OPS is fine. Uh, it's a bit of a, a career resurgence. But like that, that guy is just not. I can't believe. First off, first off, before we get too wrapped up in the in the McCann thing, like he hit a ball that Andrew McCutcheon catches in his sleep. Like Andrew McCutcheon on a torn ACL probably gets to that ball, um, and and Jay Bruce unfortunately could not get there. And I think I think Jay I think McCutcheon probably gets both of those balls in the ninth inning that ended up sinking the Phillies. But he definitely gets the McCutcheon one. There's no doubt, or the the McCann one. Like there's no doubt in my mind that Andrew McCutcheon gets to that ball. So like I understand. I I just I don't get the the philosophy of oh we got to pitch around McCann then. Well then he's not. Like, Ozzy Albies, I I would rather have Ozzy Albies up with the game on the line than than Brian McCann. That's just me. I I don't think Brian McCann's gonna hurt you anymore. But of course, in this sense, he did. Yeah. Hey, look, it happens. Uh, I, I'm with you. Brian McCann is not someone to fear. It's not the old Brian McCann. He's not someone you pitch around. Like I'm with you. All right, let's move on to Saturday, and and we'll get to the good. But what the hell's going on with Aaron Nola, Jack? Another huge spot. And another just dud of a performance that the offense gets him a lead. He's out in front. He looks like he's cruising. And it's just, again, like the, the third time through the lineup again, really seems like he's just falling apart. I can't. I, 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 I don't know. 
He he's just Oh no! That was not a good response. Well, I don't know. Like he's just flummoxed Fritz. He's just so he's just so not the guy this year. Like last year, it was so routine and like he'd go out there methodically, put together seven innings, less than two runs. And now it's like he gets he puts together nice little stretches, and then for one inning, his fastball command falls apart. And it's he's laboring through his pace isn't there. Like everything's just slowed down for Anola. Everything's just slowed to almost a grinding halt because I don't think he knows where his fastball's going and we don't know where your fastball's going. Like everything else just looks like crap. So the fastball command is brutal. The like it, and we said this before, but when the fastball commands off and he he can't locate that pitch, it makes all of his other secondary pitches just look okay and and not as overwhelming as they were last year. And I don't know, he just he looks he just looks not scared, but he just looks like he's not ready for this. It's weird. Like he looked like in that Saturday start that that he was that the moment was almost too big for him, and he looked exasperated when the, when the home run went out. Like the home run was an absolute missile, and I was so infuriated at the this version of Aaron Nola. Like I I have I don't have much else to say. I think he's a a good pitcher that's having a down year. I don't think it has to do with the innings last year. I just think that's such a I don't know an excuse. A cliche. Yeah, like I, maybe, maybe he did have a big workload last year, but he's gonna have the same workload this year, and you're gonna need him to be able to handle that workload going forward. So hopefully he he figures it out. But like I, I just I have no idea what to say about Aaron Nola anymore. Like his his curveball doesn't have the same depth. It looked like it was moving at, at like a ten like a ten four movement the other day rather than the eleven five twelve six movement that we've seen in the years past. Um, I just it was a it's, it's been a just disappointing Aaron Nola season and they're not going to they're not going to win the division or make the wild card unless Aaron Nola figures it out. Like if you have Aaron Nola figuring it out a little bit, you have Eflin who's 6th in the 6th in the NL and ERA and you have Pavetta looking like he's definitely turned a corner, that's a pretty solid starting 3 but you need you need that Nola to to figure it out or else you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I think you could make a a very uh in fact I would make a easy argument I think that the most important person on this team to their chances to succeed this year is Aaron Nola. He's the most important guy. He was the most important guy coming into the season. He was the the ace, the guy you can count on. And and where this team is at right now, look, they, Harper needs to play better. You know, and look, I mean, even Gene Segura is slumping right now. They, there are a lot of areas, and obviously the pen, as we've talked about, like there are a lot of areas this team can be better. But last year's Aaron Nola plopped onto this team right now changes everything. It changes everything, and we have not seen anything close to that guy. And it, and it is frustrating when you talk about it that way because, like, the not ready for the moment part is is really just not what – you know, it, it's not what we expected, Jack. I mean, you talked about playoff NOLA nonstop. The best reason uh, about the Harper signing was playoff NOLA. He's looked like anything but that guy. It, it's – um. It's frustrating. Well, remember, op- Lo- remember opening day when we came on the podcast, and I was like, I'm like, I was already worried about the future. I was not prepared for that. Yes, I did. And then this whole season's just been like that. This whole season's been like, there's Nola, there's not Nola. Like it's it's been inning by inning with Aaron Nola. Like one inning is there's there's the Aaron Nola that we saw last year, and then the next inning, the fastball's all over the place. And when the fastball's all over the place, everything else just does not look as good, and he becomes super hittable. And I think this is right now. This is a guy that has dominated his whole life. He's always been good, even when he was even when he came up, he was still always 
good. He wasn't as good he as was last the seventh season. pick in the draft or eighth pick in the draft or whatever. Like he was, he was seventh pick. I think like he was seventh. always good. Like he was a great college pitcher. He was great in the minors. Like he's always been good. And I think this is the first time he's really, really struggled like this. And I don't think he totally, I don't think he knows how to, how to fix it at the moment. Cause, cause it's been the same story this entire season. And if he did know how to fix it, he would have fixed it by now. Like he's too smart of a pitcher not to be able to fix it by now. So I'm, I'm very, very concerned about where we're at with Aaron Nola. And if they don't get a guy in here, like I don't, I'm not, I don't expect them to go after like a big, big name, but they need some, they need, they need help. Like they need starting pitching, not only because of Nola, but because <laughs> the fifth starter is me. I don't know. Like the fifth starter is now we're trying to use the, there, w- there is way too much. Hey Phillies, Jack Fritz is your answer on Twitter, folks. Can we can we chill out with this? I don't know. I think it's pretty. No offense, de- no offense it's Jack. Decent, it's a decent idea. Jack, I feel like it's unhealthy. I feel like it feeds into this this uh, this delusion that you have. Me? And, and I'm doing it for for you because I love you, buddy. Me and with the delusion. To, you know, be disappointed, okay? I don't. I, I don't think I've ever said anything outlandish on this podcast <laughs> about any player ever. So I don't know where this uh, version of delusion you're talking about is coming from. All right, back to Saturday. We'll get to and obviously, look. I think just on a basic level, and granted, fifteen to one the next day sucked, but this team has done a really nice job of of gut punch losses and bouncing back the next day, which I think is a credit to Kabler. They did it again in this game, especially when they were down. Kingry, you mentioned the catalyst, three for three. Cesar, the big hit, had the homer earlier. Uh, but also two things, uh, you mentioned concerns. Um, it, it doesn't seem like either is serious, but both Jay Bruce and JT Romuto leave this game with injuries. Hamstring tightness for Bruce, and it looks like Romuto took a ball off the leg and was nauseous. Um, well, so he was I, down for like five minutes. I don't blame yeah, him. It didn't look good, but uh, it looks like neither of these long-term injuries. But this is a team, Jack, that right now just – I mean, we talked a lot last year about, and granted, you know, things didn't go their way over the last two months of the season period, but a team that really did stay remarkably healthy for the most part last year, and that has not been the case so far this year, Jack. Oh, you could say that. I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I mean, they're, they're, like Roman Quinn, I know he's back in the lineup tonight, and by the way, we need to get to the lineup, which is uh, just unbelievable where we're at with this Phillies team. Uh, but... Like Roman Quinn's down and rehabbing, and he has a setback or whatever. Like they can't even get anything right in the minor leagues. Like with these guys coming back. Like I thought Roman Quinn, like we expect him to be hurt, but now it's everyone. Like everyone's hurt. Uh, Real Muto, like crazy. I just looked up the lineup, by the way. Yeah. Wow. It's depressing, isn't it? Wow. It yeah. Sean Rodriguez batting fifth. Yeah. That's that's kind of depressing, yeah. Jack. And 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 now and, it's, and look, I know Cesar sucks from the right side of the plate, but is he worse than Roman Quinn? Uh, what is going on here? I know it's it's so At least bad. Andrew Knapp's still in the eight hole. I, yeah. I mean, Arietta should be in the eight hole. Knapp should be ninth, but whatever. And with a Bruce injury, like now we might be subjected to Nick Williams, who oh. like just he had one of the most like I'm not the biggest hustle guy. But it was it was an egregious non-hustle moment on Saturday, um, and it, well, I was thinking about this today. Like Clint Frazier got sent down by the Yankees, and like the Yankees are sending down Clint Frazier, right? And they're using him as trade bait. Like he's the odd man out. They're sending down Clint Frazier. They're gonna flip him for an ace. Meanwhile, we have Nick Williams. Like that's that's the the difference between these two teams when it comes to like depth circumstances. Nick, are Williams- you saying trade Aaron Nola for Clint Frazier, Jack? Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? No, no. 
Well, no, no just kidding. I do like Clint Frazier a lot, though. Yeah, he's a, a butcher in the field, but way, way, yeah, but a way better hitter than than any of the guys batting five through nine for the Phillies tonight. No, I know, and I just think that's like when you're looking at where this Phillies team needs to get to, like that's where they need to get to. Like Nick Williams, if he was good, like Nick Williams should theoretically have trade value, but. He's just not good at all, and the Yankees are sending down Clint Frazier, and and he's like stinks. he's the odd man out, but they're gonna flip him for an ace, so like it doesn't well, even matter. And and also like where I'm with you, like we're both not like we're not the guys who are gonna be yelling from the rooftops like others when people don't always hustle or whatever. But but if you're Nick Williams and you're getting a start a week or two starts a week or pinch hit spots, like that's the guy who has to be running every freaking play. Like that guy should be like doing everything he can to get himself on the field. It's just, it seems with him that it's a consistent attitude thing where I think he thinks he's better than he is. He thinks he deserves more than he does. And it just, you know, doesn't seem to translate to something we want to watch Jack. Yeah. Not, not my favorite player that Nick Williams, but kind of hate Jack. (laughs) Kind. to hate him. What can you and do? And Pat Neshek comes back. So the 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 like like them quotient on the team. I like Pat Neshek more than I like Nick Williams. How about that, Jack? That's, How about that? What about Nappy? All right, as a person, I like Andrew Knapp better. As a baseball player, I can't go there. And uh, shout out to the bullpen on Saturday. I mean, two hits after Nola went four and a third. They don't win that game without the the contributions of those guys. I mean, Nola allows five and four and a third, and and the the Braves didn't score from the rest of the game on. Uh, and I tell you what, that was the first real like w- walking into the ninth inning. Like the Phillies hadn't scored a run since the sixth. I was like, I was like, man, are they going to go down again like this? And it would just would have been so sad. Um, and I, I thought they showed showed fight. It was a good moment for this team, a good fight moment, um, and then Sunday happened. But it's okay. It, like, they, <laughs> like Sunday, Look, they lose games like that. We've talked about this. Like this is a team that will just like it, it was quick, and it, this, this is the one game I got to watch. And they were just it was three nothing, then it was five nothing, then it was like seven nothing. You're like, all right, this is just done. Like you could just feel it. Yeah. Like this team was folding. So right. whatever. And there's Do you a- have anything really like to say about the the fifteen to one? I think it just you know Velasquez sucked. Everyone else sucked. It just wasn't a good game. Well, I, I didn't like the idea of moving Velasquez from anywhere, but like the seventh or eighth inning. Me either, Jack. Me either. I, I, just, I didn't like it at all. I, and I know he's an opener. Like they used him as an opener. Uh, you know, not letting him get through the lineup multiple times and all that. But like. I didn't like it at all. And you know Vinny's going to think he's like back, right, in the starting rotation. So I, I just I didn't like that that philosophy. And, but I didn't blame him. Like, there's a lot of people saying today, well, they should have started Arietta on normal rest. Well, then what are you doing tonight against Corbin? Like, yep. like it's a trickle-down effect. So you almost have to bite the bullet for one of those days in the hopes of getting everyone back and being good for, for today's game against against the Nationals. But Yeah, uh, and, and they have seven straight games and seven straight games. I mean, they got 14 more days of baseball straight, like – Man, this bullpen thing, you've talked about this a lot. We've talked about the trickle-down effect of it, and it's really hitting home right now. Like, it is hitting home. They they don't have arms to get through these games, and when you are on these runs with a lot of games and a lot of days, man, it, it just really comes back to bite you. Yeah, and especially when you have to throw out a Cole Irvin or a Jared Eikhoff, like, oh, man, God. I'm just so sick and tired of the, the quad A pitchers, the guys that— Cole that, Irvin's— Stinks. Yeah. Well, he's he he really grinds out there. So you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 days of learn of knowing how to pitch kind of are uh, by the wayside a little bit. Uh, and Jared Eikhoff, I think the stat, I think Seidman had the stat today. It's like in his last twenty eight innings, he's allowed eighteen home runs. 
which is just crazy. Wow. That's <laughs> like hard to do, Jack. That is that should even like even just batting practice. That's hard to do. Jeez, Louise. Well, man. it is batting practice. I mean, it's what it is, it's, essentially. Yes, that's basically what it is. So I uh, I would like for the Phillies to enter into the 2010s, um, maybe even maybe even the 2016s, where we're we're, we're throwing hard throwing guys out of the bullpen that would be what a crazy thought man crazy what a thought, crazy thought that now, would be before we bury yeah. him before we bury him too much i think that they did a good job in this draft addressing that problem they brought in hard yeah throwing. well you've talked about that a lot on twitter the schultz kid there are a few others who seem like they're just guys who throw hard and who could be effective relievers for this team future yeah. in the future give me those guys give me those guys all right a few other notes and i'm sure you've got a. Uh, a mailbag note thing, and we'll, we'll look at it to Washington too. Sir Anthony, uh, quick note, Sir Anthony, it looks like he's going to rehab. Jack, I feel like this has never worked for anyone ever. I know Masahiro Tanaka, I think, is the only guy I ever remember not getting the Tommy John surgery when he had UCL damage, and the only one it worked for. It feels like every other time it's just kicking the can down the road, whether it's Garrett Richards or whoever. Like, it never works, Jack. It never works. I know, I know. So I saw the news, and my initial reaction was like, ah, I'm happy, but I feel like it's just going to be adding six weeks to the to the eventual yes, yes, injury. Yes, exactly. And then, like now, he's definitely going to miss all of next season. I sure. I listen. I'm praying like hell that that Sir Anthony can this can work and he can come back and be great and and he don't have to worry about it anymore. But like the success rate and the hit rate and especially the way he throws. I, it's hard not to be concerned about this decision uh, by the Phillies. I, I would have rather just bitten the bullet and try to get him back as fast as possible. But, hey, I mean, it was Andrew's recommendation, so if it's Andrew's recommendation, I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, that's fair, and that is a good point, Jack. If, if like, in Jane Man, James and James Andrews is basically like God when it comes to this stuff, so if he says it, I'm willing to give it a shot, and but I just feel like – very rarely it works out well. It does It does quell some of my conspiracy theories about James Andrews. I thought he was just a guy that was like, hey, you need Tommy John. Pay me all the money. I'll do it. But now he seems like he's a pretty stand-up guy. Yeah, or he's just got so much money it doesn't matter anymore, Jack. Yeah, maybe he just didn't feel like doing another one. Maybe. He's like, you know what? Eh, I don't feel like it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, good. I'm, I'm supposed to go golfing the day you want to do it. Why don't you rehab for a few weeks? We'll see what happens. I'll give you a PRP. <laughs> I mean, look, because that's the point, Jack. He's still going to be doing it anyway. So yeah. eventually. Yeah, I got um, uh, uh, Odubel's uh, leave extended in July. Who cares? Screw that guy. Um, we got to say goodbye, Jack. Hello and goodbye. A move that you were uh, pretty excited about. Um, I mean, for a bench player type of move. Brad Miller brought in, but uh, the sad side of it, Jack. Uh, a sad goodbye yeah. to a friend of the podcast, Phil Goslin. Well, goodbye, he, sir. He, he did clear waivers today, so he's in AAA, so he's not totally okay. gone. Okay, not totally gone, but, you know, not here. No, yeah. Barrels, Barrels is not here anymore. Um, but <laughs> Barrels Goslin. It's okay. I mean, Phil, Phil's a good dude, and I think he's going to be fine. He's, he's, a, he's a solid major leaguer. Well, solid major league bench bat. However, yes. however, I mean, I'm very excited for Brad Miller. You um, are far too excited for Brad Miller. <laughs> You are. If you didn't know any, if I didn't know any better, it would be like they they got a, a young Babe Ruth. This is the here. move that's gonna put them over the edge. No, uh-huh. I uh, no, but uh, seriously, I'm excited. Like, listen, I'll take a shot on a guy with a 994 OPS in AAA. I'll take a shot on a guy that's been given shots by the Dodgers, Yankees, Brewers. Rays, Indians, like that's an impressive group of teams. I know it's that all the smart teams. I know, I know they let him go, but also those teams are pretty loaded in, in a lot. Like the Dodgers had no room for him, which is fine. But like 
if those teams are taking shots on him, there has to be something there. He's only th- three years removed from pretty, from hitting 30 home runs. He was raking in AAA. He can play all over the field. I think it was a really shrewd, underrated move by Matt Klensack. And yes, I'm going to be ex- I'm going to be excited about Brad Miller. I don't care. I'm all in. I think it's going to be a really really solid bench bat once this team gets healthy and gets rolling a little bit. Yeah, Brad Miller, when the Indians let him go, read the stories of Brad Miller. Brad Miller, he was not psyched about being drafted by the Indians, called out the team for not wanting to win and all Love this stuff. Love it. Guy knows how to win. <laughs> He's feisty. Brad Miller's feisty. He also had 30 homers in a year once, which is uh, hard to believe. Only three years ago. True. Uh, look, let's put it this way. If you put Brad Miller and Phil Goslin in front of me, I'm going to take a shot on Brad Miller over Phil Goslin. No offense, Phil. Sorry. 100% of the time. Like, the guy at least has shown in the major leagues that he could be a, a regular player. Like, he's someone who could theoretically contribute at that level. Phil Goslin isn't that guy, and... as much as I love Barrel. And at least he has some home run potential. Like, they have no, yes. they have no one off the bench. Uh, obviously, Jay Good Bruce. Point. It was supposed to be Jay Bruce. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was so, supposed to be that guy was supposed to be Jay Bruce. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. It's nice to have a guy that can actually pop one out of the ball yard when they need it a little bit. A little bit. And uh, I think that's all I got for notes. You got any other notes before we look at? Mm, all right. I'll do this now before final thoughts. Um, I, I, well, we got to rehash this for a minute. I can't believe Charlie Morton's not here. I was going to use that as my final thought. How is Charlie Morton not a Philly? I, I man, what is he nine and zero now and just like dominating down in Tampa Bay? He's awesome. Uh, it's how many? Why? I thought Clentac listened to high hopes. I believed he listened to high hopes. But if he did, he would have gotten Charlie Morton because all we did was talk about going to get Charlie Morton. It we should, talked about it so much. It should have been the easiest move in the world. The guy was on a short-term deal. He obviously had the injury problems, whatever, but he's on a short-term. Two-year ter- deal. Two-year deal. And his wife. And by the way, you know him. You had him here. You signed him because you liked what he was there. And then he broke out after as a World Series hero. I know. Sorry. And Sorry. You, I'm and, so mad. I'm you, so sad. Honestly, every time he pitches, I'm sad. You know his wife was pregnant, and she wanted him to stay near home, they, they're near their parents' home or her parents' home. Their home's in Delaware. Like it all, it all lined up to a perfect marriage. And oh my God, maybe they were burned by Arietta. I don't know. But like, if you watch the stuff of Charlie Morton and then watch the stuff of Jake Arietta, how you could come to any conclusion other than this guy would make us better? Like it is, it is. The move that is absolutely killing this team right now, and I don't care that they made all these moves this offseason. They made moves to 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 counteract the moves they made last offseason, so that doesn't really count. Like I know Clemsack did a lot this offseason. I know Segura, McCutcheon, like Harper. You have you have David Robertson. Like those moves are great, but like you had it, you had a chance to add another starting pitcher to this team when you know you needed a starter. Like I just I I can't I understand that they went all in, but they kind of went almost all in. Like is is two years thirty five million? I mean the the Rays are two years thirty two million. I think for Charlie Morton. Yeah, I was just about to say. I think it might be two years thirty. To be honest, it, that's off the top of my head, but I remember it being either, two years thirty. It might be two thirty two, whatever. Either, but it's eminently affordable. Is the point? It just, it blows my mind that Charlie Morton is not here right now. Like there, yeah, it's it's but, almost inexcusable. I I cannot believe it. I, I truly I, I can't believe it. And if the Rays are if the Rays are in, my thought too. If the Rays are in, you should be in. That's that's what we're learning. If the Rays are just gonna... do what the Rays do. It's like everyone is in a, a fantasy baseball auction with that one guy who's me. just better than everyone else. Me in and fantasy baseball, yes. If me. he's bidding on people, bid on him because he knows what he's doing. 
And that's what you should do with the Rays for an office. Especially, yeah. especially the Rays are willing to pay $15 million a year for a guy. Like, they never do that. It's a great point. Like, for them to go to $15 million a year for a guy, that means that that guy is, like, extra super special. And go get him. Yes. Frustrating. All right, Jack. All right. Um, so, all of a sudden, look, and, and the Nats have not been great. They played better baseball than earlier, but they're still, like, six and a half back of the Phils and, and – or six back of the Phils and, and two and a – and the Phils, of course, two and a half back from the Braves. But it's a pretty big series, I would say, coming off the the, you know – two of three the other way, sadly, in Atlanta. You got a four-game set in Washington before coming home for seven against the Marlins and the Mets. This feels like a pretty big series in Washington. Yeah, and the Nats are starting to play good baseball. Like, not amazing baseball, but they're they're not a bad team anymore. I think they're – I don't know what their – their record in the last couple of games, the last, like, 15 games is pretty decent. They're starting to put together some runs. Um, Scherzer's just been back. Like, Scherzer was kind of quiet at the beginning of the season, just looking okay. Now he's back. Corbin hasn't been great, um, but I'm sure tonight against this Phil's lineup, he won't have a problem. And... Oh, he'll be dominant. Yeah, he's coming off, like, I think he gave up seven in his last starting six, a couple before that. He has not been great since a really good start. He'll be awesome tonight. Yeah. Um, so Especially with Sean Rodriguez batting fifth and Roman Quinn batting sixth and what the hell. Well, it's better than Roman Quinn batting uh, batting cleanup like he did in September of last year. Let's just, oh, let's get the uh-huh. line. The lineup for tonight is Segura, Harper, Kingery, Hoskins, Rodriguez, Quinn, Hernandez, Knapp. Like that's that's where hell, this team man. is at. That's insane. What the hell, man? I know, I know. So then the, the Nats, obviously their bullpen's still a tire fire, but uh, they're starting to figure stuff out a little bit. Ever since Rendon's come back, almost they've been way way better. So uh, not a, such a good player. And also this time, sadly, the last time uh, we played the Nats, we missed uh, the Scherzer Strasburg duo. This time we do not. So we, got, we, we get we, both of them. It'll be uh, Arietta versus Corbin Eflin versus Eric Fed. Your guy, Fetty? you love Eric. Is it Fed or Fetty? Fetty. Fetty. Uh, see, I defer to you there. There you go. Pavetta Scherzer on Wednesday, Jack. Oh. That's the uh, deadline. And then Nola Strasburg on, on Thursday. So um, they need their ace to pitch well, which we know Pavetta will. Yes. They could really use Nola pitching well on Thursday, too. They could use their number three to step up. Uh, <laughs> was Pete McCannon right? Oh, man. Don't go there. <laughs> All right. On that note. It's depressing. Hopefully they can uh, look three or four. I- I'm going for it. I mean, worst case, you split this series. You have to, but take three or four, Jack. Man, when I see that lineup, it's hard to to. I know. Have a yeah, cup and, and, and again, like as much as we love Nick, you know, you'd have to say Scherzer the the advantage there in three of these four pitching matchups. Because as bad as Corbin's been lately, he's way better than Arietta, at least in terms of confidence. Eflin versus Fetty is really the only matchup you feel like, and this isn't how it plays out. We know that, you know, many times the worst starter gets the win or his team gets the win, but it's certainly not a, uh, you're going into these games feeling like, well, we got the edge of pitching tonight. Yeah. And it's a shame that it's not Pavetta versus Strasburg. So, uh, so that Strasburg could write it down a few notes about how to pitch. So, um, it's a good point, Jack. So, uh, it uh, really fun pitching matchups. I would say it is. It actually really is. And and again, this is a big series. This is one worth, uh, worth paying attention to. Hopefully the Phillies won't suck Jack. Uh, what are your final thoughts, my friend? Oh, and by the way, rate and review the podcast, do it for Jack, please do it for me. Do it for the Lost Podcast. Do it for the High Hopes Night at the Ballpark, which we're going to do. Do it for all that stuff. Well, speaking of High Hopes Night at the Ballpark, we can announce ooh, the, we can ooh, announce ooh, the date. Oh, buddy! Yes, we can officially announce the date of High Hopes Night at the Ballpark. It is going to be, 
<laughs> Saturday, August seventeenth, against the San Diego Padres. Uh, we do not have the we don't have the link yet, but we will have the link soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that, uh, where you can buy tickets. I think we're getting them in the outfield, and I think it's going to be between like twenty eight and thirty three dollars. So not totally sure on the price yet, um, but August seventeenth. We'll all be together. It'll be a bunch of tickets together. We can hang out. We can. Uh, we have already lined up. We've talked to the Phillies. They have. They have. No matter how the rotation breaks out, until then, Nick Pavetta will be pitching on yes. August seventeenth. So, like, even if he's pitching back to back nights, it doesn't matter. He's going to make it work for us. So, we're good there. Yes, we appreciate Nick uh, helping us out. Uh, if I, if it turns out that it's Pavetta, it's going to be an even more magical night down at the ballpark. Uh, obviously, the, the reviews, when we get to 1,000, we will release the Bryce Harper podcast. Uh, we're at like 420 right now, which is really cool. Uh, almost job, at, guys. Almost at 405 stars, which is fun. We're at 398 five stars, which is insane. And uh, my other final thought is that I would like to welcome Logan Simmons and uh, Jamari Baylor to my tweet deck. Uh, my tweet deck is a very <laughs> sacred place. Uh Adam Hazley has been graduated from my tweet deck. He is now in the big leagues. I don't have to monitor his every movement. Um, but I would like to welcome Logan Simmons, the the Williamsport crosscutter, who it sh- was like an un- like an overslot guy that the Phillies drafted last year. Uh, and then Jamari Baylor, I just think is going to be a superstar. I can't wait for Jamari Baylor to get going because I think his hand- like I saw a video of his hands again this weekend, and it's just it's just <laughs> magical. Like they are magically quick hands. Oh, man. It's yeah. <laughs> And and let, let me just magical say, hands. And let me just say, Damon Jones is making a very very nice run at the tweet deck. Um, Damon Jones, the 18th round pitcher from Washington State last year, <laughs> oh, who man. who who just is striking everyone out, and I think he's going to be oh, really really good for this team. Whether Jack, it's, it's a starting your, rotation. Your, tw- your tweet deck sounds like such a sad, lonely place. It's Jake. literally, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's minor, it's Philly's minor leaguers. That's what my tweet deck is. Con- by. Oh man. All right. Congratulations to, to those fellows. Yes. For, uh, Welcome to for the tweet deck. tweet deck. That is very good news. I will take my final thought, which was going to be Charlie Morton and segue into, uh, uh, giving some, some congratulations out as well. Congratulations to my daughter, Zoe, for being awesome on her first two plane plane rides, the flight down to Florida, the flight back. She was so good that our neighbor in both cases actually turned to us at the end of the flight and said, wow, what a great child. She was awesome. So shout out to Zoe for making traveling with her, which again, incredibly tiring, incredibly stressful, slightly less stressful, and for not making everyone on that plane hate us. Thank you, Zoe. You well, will. it's a good thing she can listen to this podcast and appreciate that. So when she's like six, you can have her listen to this version of this podcast on Aww, uh, June seventeenth. When you were so sentimental, Jack. Yes. So well, that was weird. Um, <laughs> June seventeenth. What does June seventeenth make you think of, Jack? Zoe being a great baby on two plane rides. Well, that and the OJ chase. How well, I don't remember the OJ chase. Today? Oh, God, you're so young. Anyway, Speaking I was babies, there for it. I remember it happening. Well, I mean, I mean, what, were you a freshman in college at that point? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Were you, were, you, were you partying to the, 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 the OJ chase? Yeah, were not doing, quite. Were, were you doing the OJ chase drinking game with your friends in your dorm? No, no. <laughs> Good stuff, Jack. Thank you for that. Yeah, Thank no you. Problem. Anytime um, I can make you feel old, I will. 
Uh, you're you're the best at it, Jack. You're the best at it. Granted, I just went to my 101-year-old grandmother's memorial, so yeah. I feel pretty young right now, Jack. I'm well, pretty young. Judging off of that and your voice, I think we have a good chance that you're going to see a lot of Phillies baseball in your life. There it is, buddy. I love it. All right. Um, we will be back on Thursday. Ready for this? In studio together. Thank God. As uh, Although it might, as be a, this... might be a little later because I'm doing the afternoon show on Thursday. So. Oh, excuse me, big dog. What was that? I'm doing the afternoon show Thursday. Not on we'll it. Ma- I'm producing it. Yeah, yeah. You're damn right you're not on it. Uh, we will make it. Uh, you see what I did there? We will make it work. Uh, we got to get it out for that Marlins preview. I guess it's uh, uh, it's one game with the Nats. So maybe even maybe we do Friday. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll probably do Thursday. Maybe we'll Friday. It out, either way. All right. Sounds yeah, good. Maybe Friday. Either way, we will have another pod. We'll be in studio for it. It'll be awesome. And uh, I missed you, High Hopes listeners, when I was in Florida. I'm very happy to be back. And I can't wait to be in studio with Jack. Go Phillies. For Fritz, I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later.